Bible trails The Son of God, He is near He chose to walk with us These tribal trails Tribal trails Hi and welcome to Tribal Trails. We would like to introduce you to Brad and Selena Smith. Last year, we interviewed Selena. She was working at Teen Challenge. Since then, she met and married Brad. This couple have a great story to share with us, and I'm sure you'll enjoy learning how God took their broken lives, healed them, and mended them into marriage. We'll start with Selena. She tells us how she and her brother were sent to live with her grandmother at a very young age. So we went to live with my grandmother, uh, me and my brother Ethan, on a little Métis settlement. 350 people in this little community. Um, when I moved there, there was just a payphone in the middle of the community. So that was the culture of that community was very close-knit. We didn't really um, go out anywhere. My grandma would occasionally go out to bingo, but we stayed on the in the community and played and just made a little life there. And um, but uh, after grade, when I was going into grade seven, mm -hmm. I was uh, allowed to take a bus into the community of Beaver Lodge. Oh, okay. And then yes. from Beaver Lodge, you go to mm -hmm. junior high and height. Oh. It's a little bit of a, a trip. Yeah. Yes. And so junior high year for me, grade seven, I got into a car accident and uh -huh. um, my grandma told me not to ride with this one boy mm -hmm. from, the high, from the junior high to the high school on. Okay. And I did, I got in his car and we got into a car accident and um, I watched a, a, my best friend at the age of 13 die. Um, she su suffered severe blood loss to the head and I ended up fracturing my femur and collarbone. And that trauma for me at the age of 13 was horrific. Remember Jesus said it best When I return will I find faith Oh, where are the children? Where are the children? Said it best when I reach 
for basically a place to live even though I knew it wasn't right to be having sex at a young age. Um, I got pregnant three times by the time I was 18 and I was um, told to go have abortions and basically I didn't I feel like I even had a choice. I just did what I was told by the boyfriend's mom and through that process and you know, still trying to manage alcohol and, you know, the drinking and the partying and the boyfriend and then the hurt and the emotional distress that having a child and having an abortion and not dealing with any of that was really unstable for me in so many levels that I just already felt really hopeless and broken by the time I was 17. We'll hear more about Selena, but right now I want to introduce you to Brad. He grew up in Churchill Falls, Labrador. His grandmother on his mother's side was Inuit, but his childhood was affected by alcohol. When Brad was a teenager, he started to experiment with it. My first time drinking and uh, it was, it meant, uh, it took away everything. And uh, I began to chase that every weekend. So throughout my teens, um, weekends consisted of, of drinking alcohol, rebelling and breaking enters and eventually trouble with the law. And at 16, my mom um, ended up saying, I'm not going to come get you out this time. You're going to do some time in a group home. and." I did two months in the group home and uh, and continued on in my addictions. She actually at 17 she flew me to New Brunswick to a uh, treatment center and I lasted five weeks there and then went back for a pass and never went back. So I think eventually I quit school in town, small town everybody knew me no one was allowed to hang out with me. I felt, I felt like 
well, I caused it, but I felt disassociated with everybody isolated. and isolated. So then I, uh, I said I wanted to go to Newfoundland to do my grade 12, so I moved to Newfoundland. Mom bought me the ticket, and I lasted two months out there, and then said I want to move to BC with Dad's family who was out here. And uh, so I moved all the way across Canada. My mom said, well, we can't afford to send you there, but my uncle who was up here, my dad's youngest brother, bought me the ticket to come up here. And uh, I thought that was the answer. Um, gonna come out here, go to work. I got a job, um, went to work, was living with my aunt and uncle. Began to get in, well, experiment with, with different drugs and uh, ended up experimenting with cocaine and then it became uh, an addiction. I met the mother of my son, Jackson. Um, he was conceived and I decided I wanted to get sober. So my work at the time um, gave me some time off and I did a, uh, a day treatment program. I had five weeks off that time. And I went to a place here in town in Chilliwack called Stolo Nations because I have um, Inuit blood, I was able to get into their program. I stayed clean and sober. I watched my son be born. It was the greatest feeling of my life to that point and and uh, swore I'd never go back. Didn't think I'd ever go back to drugs and, and, uh, and alcohol, but shortly after that, I was back doing the same stuff. And then by the time he was two, I walked out on his mom and, and him and, and just continued on in my addiction. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. So during that 18 months, I got shipped down to Lethbridge Correctional Centre for fighting in the Fort Saskatchewan jail. And it kind of tells about my attitude at that time. I didn't want to be around anybody. But when I went to Lethbridge, Leftbridge Correctional, they have these church services. Like you'd sign up and you'd get to, if you signed up, you got to go off the unit uh, out of the little place. So I'd sign up, probably for the wrong reasons at first. But when I went there, I always heard this message that God loves you. And I was like, who's God? And what is love? Like, I know what the world tells me about love. In a world of hurting people that don't know where to go, some would like to help them, some just don't know what it's like to feel the pain that wounds of sin have brought along. Like a boy that don't know his daddy, cause I'm married has gone wrong Some think they could end it Take their life with their own hands Hearts so full of questions A life that makes no sense Others drown their sorrow A bottles where they hide Hoping to quench the thirst of their pain 
deep inside But Jesus knows your pain His love is reaching out to you his hand he will lead you through on a hill called Calvary they crucified a man he should not have suffered he had no sin but so many hurting people were depending on His grace. So on a cross meant for you and me, Jesus took our place. But Jesus knows your His love is reaching out to you. You are the reason He came. Just take His hand. He will lead you through But Jesus knows your pain His love is reaching Take his hand, he will lead you through, he will lead you through. Lord, we thank you that we are precious to you. 
Lord, you hold our lives in your hands. We are your children, Lord. We are your offspring. You need each one of us, Lord, in our mother's womb. And we are precious in your eyes, Lord, the apple of your eye. Lord, that we would commit our way to you, that we would walk with you, Lord, that we would trust you. For you are Almighty God. There is nothing impossible with you, Lord. You hold all things in your hands, the mountains, Lord, the rivers, the ocean, the whole universe, Lord. You hold it in your hands. It's all in place because of you, O Lord. And you hold our lives, O God, in your hands. And we commit ourselves to you. Have your way with us, Lord. It's only in you that we can find life. It's only in you that we can find peace, Lord, true joy, true healing, Lord, true, true life, Lord. Have your way. Just, Lord, we just want to commit our way to you. Commit your way to the Lord as you're listening. Have your way with God. Let God have his way. I went back to my cell one night and uh, I was having some chest pain. And I jumped off my bunk and this girl in my cell, she was like reading her Bible, but she was doing it in the sneaky little light at the end of the cell because there was just a little light on. And I'm like, you're reading the Bible? And she's like, yeah, yeah, don't. Just like, I'm having this bad chest pain. And there's little call buttons in prison cells, like at nighttime, mm -hmm. that if it's past hours, if you're having a medical emergency, you can press that help button. And I was at the point that I was going to press it because I was having such bad pain. Mm -hmm. And I heard, she was like, well, if you want God to take away that pain, he will. I'm like, stop it stop talking about this god everywhere he's here right and i was like yeah no i'm not asking him and but you know what before i pressed i walked over to the button and it was just so hard still and i just like i'm like this far away from touching the button and i'm like well if there is a god take away this pain like very <laughs> under my breath matter of fact and i got like it says in the word of God, it says he'll come in like a rush of wind. Well, if the, if the hair on the, my head could have blown back when I said that, I'm telling you, it did. It's like you walked through that cell door, even though it was locked, and the hair blew back. And he rushed through the cell, and even the girl sitting at the bed, she goes. And I looked at her, and I was like, I just started crying. I said, that, what just happened? And I, I was so freaked out, I jumped up on the bed right away up top, and I'm like, oh my, what just happened, what just happened? Because it was gone, I didn't press the button. And she jumps up and I see her head at the end of the bunk, she's like, that's the Holy Spirit. And I said, Holy Spirit, what is this? What are you talking about? And I just started crying and I was like, the Holy Spirit came and she said, do you want to invite him in your heart right now? I said, what does that mean? Yes. <laughs> I, there's something real about what just happened here. That was what it was. It was something real. Jesus was talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads unto all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you.
Selena had just experienced the presence of God in her life. How she felt and what happened to her is not just for her, but for all who believe on Jesus. Not everyone will experience God in the same way, but each in their own special way. God will reach out for us. Maybe God is reaching out to you, but you don't want to admit it. Selena wanted to brush off the Christians that were coming to her correctional center, but God was persistent. God will continue to knock on the door of our hearts, but God will not force us to accept his plan for us. Just like Selena, we have to ask him to come into our lives. What about you? Are you ready to let God be a part of your life? He has joy and peace to offer us. He worked on Selena's life, and he can definitely work on yours. If you'd like to talk to someone, give us a call. We don't want you to miss this opportunity to start your new relationship with God. It was getting worse and drank more and more, doing drugs more and more. And I got to a point where one night I woke up, it was in this place. I woke up in the bathtub. I don't know how I got there. It was, my recollection was around three, close to four o'clock in the morning. The water was cold. Um, I was shriveled up, so I was in you there. In the I was in the tub. In the yeah. Oh, wow. And I got out of the tub, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, something's got to change. I didn't, because I was drinking for days prior to that, and that's where I woke up. So then I decided uh, I'm going to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. So I went to my first meeting shortly after that I met a guy there he took me under his wing and still I was praying <clears throat> but not I was just saying God help me or please in the morning saying thank you for getting me through another day and my dad was sick with cancer so but I was sober and then um, I took a one well it was around eight months I was eight, well, I sobered up August, August 11th, two, no, August, August 14th, 2011 is when I sobered up. So then I continued to go to these meetings. I, I had a license still, so he said, if you have a license, make sure you pick guys up and, and take them. So I was basically setting up meetings. And the end of February, early March, I was in a place in my life where I didn't want to live anymore. If this was all sobriety had for me, I, di I didn't want it because um, I was miserable inside. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There was papers all over the table because I've been writing for days, answering questions, okay, who am I angry with, what they do to you, and so on and so forth, just looking at my whole life. And I was at a part where, okay, well, forget what they did to you. What's your part in it? And I was writing out my part in every situation. And uh, for the first time in my life, I took ownership for, mm -hmm. for what I had done. And God, basically during that process, he led me from there into my bedroom there. 
and I was on my knees asking for forgiveness. I didn't know who I was talking to. I didn't. My mom sent me a Bible a year prior, and I picked it up, read maybe ten pages, and said, "No,、nah, this is not for me." But I had that Bible open in that room, on my knees, just asking for forgiveness. To the river, I am going, bringing sins I cannot bear. Come and cleanse me. Come forgive me, Lord. I need to meet you. Precious Jesus, I am ready to surrender every care. Take my hand now, lead me closer, Lord. I need to meet you. Waters, healing mercies, flows with freedom from despair. I am going to that river, Lord. I need to meet you there, precious Jesus. I seen, I seen that I was at fault, and all of a sudden the room became bright, and I was weeping uncontrollably, and、um, I got off my knees. It was like two in the morning.、I、ended up going to sleep eventually. But then I got up in the morning, and I walked out to this door here, and I opened it up, and I looked outside, and it was cloudy outside. But I never seen grass as green as what it was, and I didn't see like light outside. Everything just looked different. That's what life in Christ could give you. Are you tired of carrying all the weight of your problems? Do you wish somebody else could carry those problems? Let God come into your life, and you too can see the world in a different way, like Brad did. Why not give your life with all your problems over to God? He is waiting for you. Don't put it off any longer. Just to talk about it or think about it is not enough. As I said before, God is knocking at your door. Answer Him, and let Him come into your life. Brad and Selena met at the church where they attend. After getting to know each other, they were married. They are now waiting on God to show them where He wants them to serve. Thanks, Brad and Selena, for sharing your life with us. Thank you for watching. How about giving us a call or write to us? We'd be very glad to hear from you. Come and join us in the river.
come find life beyond compare. He is calling, He is waiting. Jesus longs to meet you there. Precious Jesus, I am ready to surrender every care. Take my hand now, lead me closer. Lord, I need to meet you there. Lord, I need to meet you.